people spend a lifetime searching for their purpose. Come walk in my shoes as I find mine. You're now listening to the JK Experience. Going, okay, I'm gonna take full responsibility for the happiness in my life. Good for you, you feel you're talented in that. Pursue that, who gives a crap what everybody else says, right? When you are disciplined about how you take action on the things that you desire to accomplish, does it make you better? Absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the JK Experience. Hey, uh, out of the office a little bit today, excited to uh, be bringing uh, just an amazing woman uh, in our industry here uh, out in Chicago for some leadership and uh, happened to be running into Lucinda Hage. And uh, we're going to be on a panel tomorrow. I'm really excited to, uh, after, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about this podcast, but I'm really excited to see what uh, you're going to bring to the audience. So welcome to the podcast, lady. Awesome. Thank you for having me today. So you've got quite the resume. We've got, so four offices. You are a Tom Ferry coach. You coach 15 agents, not including, I'm sure, obviously some of the agents in within your company. You have 70, over 70 agents within your company. Just signed a couple here, I hear. Yeah. Uh, you have a daughter, uh, Laura, of three years old, yeah. and then you have a husband of six years that you've been married. What else? I mean, like seriously, what other anything on that resume that I need to know about that the audience needs to know about? President of my association. Okay, um, well there we I'm go. Ending ending my two year reign here this year. I'm excited about that. Yeah, passing the torch. Um, just you know, there's th- that. My husband said that he says, you need to keep a spreadsheet of all the stuff you do because yes. it does. It starts adding up after a while. But um, I think you covered most of it there. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun ride. Definitely, I never thought that I would come from just starting as an agent to being where we are now. It's yeah. been pretty amazing. Well, I know you've got some big goals, and so nothing is going to be slowing down in your world anytime soon. So uh, take us down a little bit of memory lane here. Um, when you were first into this industry, what did what did that look like? What did you look like? And then how did you go from an agent all the way where you're at right now, owning four different companies throughout Oregon? So I was, um, you know, new agent, like 22 years old. Um, I, I was always, my mentor at the time was my broker and she always said set goals. So I wrote a business plan. Like I wrote, you know, one year plan, a five year plan. And, you know, within four or five years, I wanted to be in management or ownership, which seemed like really a pie in the sky idea, but mm-hmm. I was like, it's going to happen and had a great first couple of years. And then the market dumped, of yeah. course. And so struggling, I was with a big office, um, a big Coldwell Banker office on the West Coast, just outside of Portland. And we were um, trucking along and my top of my career was selling. And then with the market crashing, I was like, okay, now let's figure this out. And then the opportunity came up to buy the company I was in. The owner was just struggling. You know, it was a um, very difficult time. We went from 30 agents down to like seven agents. Um, so I was like, why not? You know, what do mm-hmm. I have to lose? I was actually had a little bit of money. I wasn't in horrible debt. Um, so I bought into the company and we just, you know, I know people look back at that as doom and gloom, but I didn't, yeah. you know, like one of my favorite stories was I kind of started out as her partner for the first year and then bought her out um, was us, you know, pooling our money one year to buy the Christmas tree for the office. And we're like decorating the tree, drinking our hot toddies and just singing Christmas carols, not even realizing we probably don't have rent money, but we're going to figure it out. And sure enough, we figured it out and markets started coming back a little bit. We started growing. Um, We decided to open a second or, you know, I had bought her out. I decided it was time to open a second office to kind of cover that county that we were in. Mm -hmm. Um, a little better, get more name recognition out there. 
And then I found out I was pregnant with my first child um, while we were opening that office. Um, and so that was a fun, bumpy ride getting yes. that going, but a lot of learning experience um, in that. And then uh, about the, when she was a couple months old, corporate came to me with an opportunity to buy out somebody who was retiring. Um, so I bought my third office on the coast and it was kind of a new market. It was my first experience buying a company where I needed to hire a manager cause I couldn't cover all three. Yeah. Um, so that brought in a whole new dynamic, having to expand staff and resources and management and learning how to be a leader to another leader. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, that's been a fun process along the way. Um, and then most recently back first of July, we bought our fourth office, um, which again, it was another owner retiring. It was a great opportunity, a good fit for us. And um, so that's, kind of the Reader's Digest version of how we went from being a new agent to owning four companies. And now you're in your, actually your largest market. Is that true as well? Yeah, this last one, because all, all the other markets we're in are a little bit smaller, um, you know, great little towns and suburbs of Portland. This one is actually in Eugene, Oregon, which is, I think, the second largest city in Oregon. Uh -huh. um, so it was a big thing for me because I come from a small town. So uh -huh. um, getting into that marketplace is like new players and What's been really kind of fun for me is like, um, you know, is realizing that people look at me as an adult now. Cause when I first started, people yeah. looked at me as like a kid. Yeah. So 10, so 10 companies in the next five years total in the next mm -hmm. five years, how are you planning on doing that? Like, like what's on your radar right now? Obviously you've got the assistance from a big brand that's going to be looking out there, but are you like, are you going out there yourself personally? and having those conversations with non-affiliated brokers? Are you having those conversations with other affiliated brokers right now? Like what is what is your mindset going into the future for that look like? So I am going out having the conversations with um, non-affiliated companies. That's how we just got our most recent little roll in. And I think like my strategy, and I don't know if it's the right strategy, but I think it's work is looking at companies that were booming because we've had a little boom and now we're kind of on the, the downside mm -hmm. a little bit is looking for ones that are maybe not making as much money as they did last year. They might be panicking a little. They've maybe had staff turnover a lot that they're struggling yeah. with leadership. They're looking at retirement. Maybe um, some of them are already our brand and some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. And just going in and seeing, I network a lot with the owners and managers of, cause I'm president of our association and I like to do synergize, even if they are competitors, I still like to see what's going on. And that's a lot of times when you get opportunity is they, they see, you know, I, I don't think I want to do this another year yeah. or um, I don't want to capitalize on somebody else's issues. But when they're, I know for myself, when the market, when I first purchased, that was where the owner was. And if I had jumped in earlier or somebody else had jumped in earlier before they lost a lot of agents and they lost a lot of money, it would have saved that company. So trying to find somebody yeah. that can still make some money off of the sale. Mm -hmm instead of just watching them fall apart. And yeah. I hate to go in and say, do you really just want to watch your office crumble before your eyes? Or do you want to take this opportunity and get out on the top? Yeah. But that's, you know, that's been our conversation. And I think it's going to be a process along the way, but I think we're making a lot of headway and excited to see what happens. Yeah. So. so you are managing a lot of things, not only obviously with the companies, but obviously life. You have a daughter, three, Laura, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, married six years. How do you manage, I think one of the biggest things that we see with owners, with CEOs, is the balancing act of life. It's really challenging to do that. Not only that, but you're also a Tom Ferry coach as well too. How many clients uh, are you coaching? 
So I only coach 15 clients is my max um, only. with that. <laughs> only, by the way, only. That's like eight hours, by the way, every week that you're devoting just to coaching. So, okay, that's a lot. So do you have that? I mean, so how are, how are you balancing life? How do you continue to make sure that you're not burning your candle at both ends? Um, it's, it is definitely a struggle. I'm not going to lie. Like my daughter just started preschool. Um, another fun dynamic we added, my husband was with Amazon. Um, they're wonderful company, but they're a beast and we mm-hmm. wanted him to have more free time. So he recently just came to work for the company awesome. with me. Um, so husband and wife working together has been fun. I, I, I don't think anybody's seen the explosive discussions we've had sometimes, uh-huh. but when you come to work for your wife, that's always going to be fun. Um, so that's been a new dynamic, but it's been really good too, because we've, it's allowed us to have more family time. We can kind of tag team picking up our daughter from school. Mm-hmm. We can have lunches together now and then, and I don't feel like I'm missing as much as I was before when we both go different directions to work. Um, so it feels more like a family business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's excited about growing that it's his passion too. Um, my daughter comes in to work with me a lot. She yeah. has since she was a little baby. She had since she was like four days old. Like I brought her into the office to work with me, which is four days old. So she's growing up in that environment. And I don't know, some might say that's not good, but I think it's great. I grew no, up going to work great. with my dad. Yeah, that's um, great. It's teaching her this morning. She Marco poloed me with her dad, you know, saying she was <laughs> proud of me. And she was, you know, at three to be like, mommy's a leader and I'm proud of her. That's, um, that's what she's going to grow up and, and hopefully aspire to be that too. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So what do you do though? Like, how are you filling your cup? Um, we talk a lot about making sure that with not only their agents, with our leadership, I think just people in general is that the last person that they typically take care of them, uh, take care of is themselves. So what are the things that you're doing, whether it's on a daily basis, whether it's on a weekly basis that are filling your cup so that you can be the leader, not only just for your daughter, for your family, but also for all those that are, I mean, expecting you to show up every day and be at your best. What are, what are the things you do? Um, so, you know, I I used to be, you know, really athletic person. And of course, like all this going on and having a child got away. So lately that's been me getting back in this year. A lot of um, challenge, like the 5K obstacle courses and uh-huh. stuff, things like that, really getting me back to what I used to love doing that kind of just takes you completely away. Obviously, you can't have your phone on those. Yeah, so right. <laughs> takes you completely away from work. Um, but a really strong morning routine sets me up for the day. I get up really early. Um, I try to always go to the gym in the morning or do some kind of exercise, uh, writing my gratitudes and journaling. I have, I kind of call it my guilty pleasure. My favorite um, podcast that is not real estate related is I love um, the Rise podcast. Oh, yeah. Rachel Hollis mm-hmm. and um, gone to her conferences and started. We're doing the last 90 days with a big group of my agents, actually, which is something that um, Rachel Hollis does. But just kind of always going back to my kind of my roots and just remembering like how I got here and who I was and those gratitudes in the morning. And I mean, that. I, it's, it's not always a perfect solution yeah. to everything. Yeah. I have bad days. Sometimes I'm not always the best leader. I've got a lot to learn, but mm-hmm. people always say, how, how come you look so calm? How come you're not stressed? And it's like, I think that's why I don't feel the stress as much as I try to set myself up for success every day. Yeah. Well, I think that once you go through enough experiences, like the ordinary average um, day doesn't really bother you when little things happen or when people think are big things, you're just like, no, I've had way worse right? You, you can take a lot more arrows in a day when you've had that experience. And, uh, I think that's one of the great things about a leader is when they are able to do that and be calm in the storm, 
be that rock that people need. How do you, um, as you're managing all of these different offices, and obviously you've got some great leadership in there, how do you do that? How do you communicate with your offices so that the message is consistent, the message is clear, and you're making sure that you're all going in the direction? Because obviously you've created something really wonderful and pretty amazing that people are um, obviously attracted to. How does that process look for you so that you're making sure that all of your managers and your leadership has a good vision of what you believe the company needs to, to go into the direction? Um, well, that, that's that been a learning process because it's just been in the last couple of years where I had outside managers, but I found like, you know, touching base with them on an, on an individual basis is really important. Um, something I need to get better at, but also we have weekly calls like we do weekly zoom calls. Mm-hmm. So everybody's face to face several times a week. And we talk, one of my managers came up with an acronym, you know, for us to go through whether we need, you know, what's our win, what do we need help with? What are, you know, what are we, what's our goal for the week? So, mm-hmm. and it's worked really, it's, I thought it was awesome because everybody's kind of going through and having to say something and communicate and getting this it was last year. I think I sat around and I had an offsite meeting. I actually, one of the leadership summits told us to do that, you know, take your whole staff, yeah. go away for a day, have an offsite meeting. And there was five of us this year, there was 12 of us. So mm. it's, it's to watch it grow. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, next year it's going to be like 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, but keeping everybody communicating and working together and keeping the gossip out and the negativity out and having them be positive and focus on really just celebrating everybody's wins. Yeah. Um, it's something we really need to focus on. And I, I see every time we do that, everybody grows a little bit more closer together and working together for those wins instead of focusing on the negative little issues all the time. Yeah. As a uh, as a woman leading in this industry, do you feel a uh, personal responsibility to continue looking for other women and helping them rise up in leadership responsibilities and roles? I do. I I'm I'm not just looking for a long time. It was just women in our company. We had like two men for okay. <laughs> three years, and it was a little <laughs> awkward for them. Um, but now I have um, managers that are men and working with that dynamic, and I think we work well together. But I've recently hired like three younger women, like under the age of 25, because I started when I was really young. And, you know, they're, I know their parents and they're like, how are you trusting our 21 year old with all this? And I was like, I was 21 when I started. Um, It's so awesome to watch them grow. Mm -hmm. And I do want to promote that. I don't want to be like exclusive to just that, but you know, like most recently we just hired our property manager. She's 21 years old and her dreams have been to run a property management company. I'm like, here you go. And she's like, really? She's yeah. so excited. And just to watch her take responsibility and dig in and grow. And I'm like, somebody has to take over for me someday. You know, somebody has to be the one that buys my company and lets me retire. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that we're, we're molding some leaders here that are going to take over. Everybody says, well, your daughter will. I don't know if my, da- my daughter might go a completely different direction. Yeah. So this might be my legacy, the person that takes over for me. So yeah, that has been a really fun part. Yeah. Has, do you see now with the, the change in uh, the industry when you first started and what the, um, I would say the parameters, what the, what the job description of uh, an agent was back then, do you feel like it's changed, um, right now? Do you have a different direction of where you believe agents responsibilities are? Do you have a different direction of what you believe that the agent lifestyle should look like compared to when you first started in the industry as opposed to right now? So when I first started in the industry, the agent lifestyle was just, I, I started with a great office and I loved, it was a cold old banker and, um, but it wasn't, everybody wasn't as close as I feel like I promote a, 
um, being very family oriented and really close to each other, which probably is maybe we're all a little too close sometimes, uh-huh. but I, this industry is so tough. There's so many heavy ups and downs. And I think that as a company, what I want to be is I want to be that support system. I want my staff to be a support system. I want to be very customer service oriented. I know agents are independent contractors and they're on their own and it's their business. And of course, you know, I coach that to them and I preach that to them. But I also want them to know is that we're here for them. Um, That's how I always look is every day. I just get up thinking, who can I help today? What agent Mm -hmm. needs help today? Who's struggling today? And I want my staff to look at that too, because they can be having an amazing day one day and then the next day their world's falling apart. Yeah. And we're the only ones that understand that, right? you know, and that was why, you know, it was so important to me to have a coach that's in leadership because there's some days that nobody around me understands what it's like to be a leader mm-hmm. and yeah. that's your person you can lean on. And so the agents need that too. They can't just, it's really hard to just be out there alone as an agent, not having people to go back to the office too and say, Oh my gosh, this is what happened today and have people understand that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answered your yeah, question. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it really kind of actually puts uh, uh, intros to the next question for me is that um, I feel like um, all owners of companies, you know, there, there's something personal about their company, right? This is their, this was their baby. This is their child. This is their, where they put the blood, sweat, tears into it. What do you think separates your company from I wouldn't even say your competition, right? Because I think that honestly, when you have, if, if you know Simon Sinek, he talks about the infinite game and the finite game. And I think really great leaders are always battling the infinite game and not the finite game. So they're not even competing against their own industry. They're not even competing against their own people that are in their market because they're so driven to do amazing things and to accomplish greater things. It doesn't really matter what the competition is doing. So when you look at your um, your brokerage and everything that you're trying to uh, trying to accomplish the things that you have accomplished what do you think separates you from everybody else what's the differentiating piece that you try to bring to the industry into the table when it comes to a brokerage it's and i'm probably going to get scolded for this later because i i feel like <laughs> if we've been built on the fact that i'm very personally involved in it and i care so much about each one of my agents and mm-hmm. their career i know that that's not measurable when you grow to 100 200 agents mm. But I, I think you can still, you maybe not talk to them every day, but you can still build that culture where you hire managers that care that much. Yeah. You will hire staff that cares that much. Um, that's what I think sets us apart because I've looked at some of my other, I try not to focus on what the competition does, but I'm very ingrained in our community and I see and I watch other companies why agents leave mm-hmm. and they very rarely leave for money. They very rarely leave because they think another brand is prettier. They leave because they don't feel like anybody cares about them. Yeah. You know, they weren't, they weren't looked after their manager wasn't nice to them or it's, it's all about the relationship. So I think our company, like we're very relationship oriented. Um, a lot of times the problem solving we do is about problem solving between the relationships of agents outside the office or clients and, and our agents. Um, I just, it's hard to put into words, but I really think our, what sets us apart besides our awesome brand and everything is that we're really focused on the individual. They're not just numbers. It's like what's going on in their life. And I always tell that to the managers and the staff. It's like, look for the people that are having a bad day and see how you can make their day better. Mm -hmm. That's great. So if you could go back to Lucinda five years ago, 10 years ago, knowing all the things that you know now, the experiences that you've had, what kind of advice, what, what, what would you say to yourself back then? Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so many things. This is why we don't give you the, the questions beforehand. This is totally off the cuff. Um, you know, there's there's some things I would go back and change. I definitely, it goes back to, you know, finding the right, not always trying to please everybody else. Uh-huh. Looking at what's right for the whole instead of just, I had a lot of people close to me. You go through really hard times, like when the economy crashed, and you're always looking to save other people, but sometimes you're just yeah. enabling them mm-hmm. is not falling into that trap because I did it with employees. I did it in relationships and it, you know, it all affects our business. It affects our lives is yeah. to just be, be tougher, be a tougher on them as, you know, look at it more as like coaching them instead of just trying to be their friend, not trying to be everybody's friend. I guess that's, I would say is just yeah. look at really how are you going to help them and not, not necessarily always what they want might yeah. not be the best way to help them. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, we're going to wrap this up here. I guess you look at, I told you time flies wow. and that's not even all of it right there. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, as, if, as a leader in this industry, what advice would you give, especially, I really do want to drive this to with, with, with women. What advice would you give to them right now? What, if they're just starting, um, in their leadership opportunities, or maybe they just haven't even thought about leadership, but they, they, they know, or they've been identified as somebody that's a potential leader. Like what would you, what advice would you give to young women right now that are looking to step up and uh, lead in their life? It's, you know, not to worry about what other people think. Mm. You know, that's probably what I tell myself. If I went back to like, stop worrying about what other people think. Cause I was very self I was like, nobody's going to take me seriously. I mean, I was 26 trying to recruit 40 year old men that had mm-hmm. been in this industry for longer than I had been yeah. out of high school. Yeah. So it is, is that I always held me back. I'm like, you're not going to want to talk to me. They're not going to want to work with me. And then now I'm finding out when I go to recruit, they're like, we thought you didn't like us. Mm-hmm. You know, we wow. thought you didn't, you didn't want us. And I'm like, no, I just didn't think you wanted to, you know, that you would come take me seriously. So I think, you know, that fear and worrying about what other people think or worrying about the rejection holds you back. So it's just, don't worry about what other people think. Other people's opinions aren't your business. Just go forward for your dreams and your goals and you can, you can do anything. That's great. That's good. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I really appreciated today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. Um, this was wonderful. I know this is going to bring a lot of value to uh, not only just people within our industry, but people without a, outside of our industry and a lot of women out there that really need to hear this type of message. They need great role models. And uh, I just uh, encourage you to continue to keep fighting and keep driving and keep accomplishing some great things. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. All right, guys. Hey, that's going to wrap it up for us on this podcast. I just want to thank uh, Lucinda Hage for this. This is an amazing day. And uh, Lucinda, thank you for bringing such powerful content that I know is going to change and impact the lives of so many others. Take care. Wait, before you go, we want you to know how thankful we are for you listening to the JK Experience. You're the reason we keep sharing valuable content every week. If you found any value in this podcast, please subscribe to our channel and write us an honest review. We want to know what you think so that we can grow with you. We'll catch you next time.